0: Welcome to the iron skies podcast i'm your host tony Masad. this podcast is dedicated to discussing topics in stem to give you exposure to different career paths and also share life investing and life improving ideas for the young and upcoming generations my goal is to provide you with free valuable insight knowledge and wisdom from my personal life experiences as well as the guest speakers on the show i truly believe that our thoughts and habits shape our reality and that anyone has the capability to create the life that they want and desire. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, check us out on YouTube as well. Please share this podcast with whoever you think will benefit from and enjoy. And without further ado, let's get started. Hi everyone, welcome to the Iron Skies Podcast. I'm your host Tony. In today's episode we have a very special guest. We have Katie Chanakas. She is an actress, a musician, uh, producer. She also has her own podcast called She's All Over the Place. I will leave a link to that in the description. Katie's been on various TV shows such as New York Cold Case, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Law and Order. She has over two decades of industry experience. She's worked with A list actors such as De Niro and Pacino and many more big names. Uh, right now, she also works as a woman's empowerment coach. Katie, thanks for being on the show. We're really interested in hearing about you and your story.
1: Thank you, Tony. I appreciate you. And thank you so much for having me. Hey, to everyone tuning in rock and roll. Happy new year. I brought these for anyone's on the video right now, head over to YouTube. I bought, I brought my ears for the New York or New York spirit, New Year's spirit. I am in New York. Actually, I flew here recently.
0: (laughs) So, so Katie, like, so tell us like, um, you're, you're, you're a Michigan native, please. Like, how did you like from when you were born till, till now, like, just tell us how you got started, how, you, you know, you started your career and just start to finish. Really curious.
1: Wow. I mean, do we have the next three days? I mean, it might take a while. Just kidding. But yeah, I grew up uh, Greek Orthodox Christian. I was um, so I'm like cultured. I love culture. I love food. I love people. I love poetry, language. Um, My family immigrated, uh, you know, my grandparents on my dad's side to Michigan. And, uh, you know, there's it's a big Greek community in Michigan, actually. Mm -hmm. And um, my parents were, um, you know, married when they were teenagers and they were all living in Detroit, not married in Detroit, like Mm -hmm. both of them, their families, my grandparents' families um, or my grandparents and their families, they were in Detroit, but when all the riots were happening, they moved to the suburbs. And then, um, mom and dad at a really young age, they were teenagers. They were kids having kids. Um, uh, they had my sister and me, uh, we're 13 months apart. I have two other siblings as well. And, um, my mom's a singer. And so I grew up on classic Motown, you know, and wow. pop is in language. And then also I, um, uh, so I have my Greek side, uh, the musical side and, Um, the Greek side with the food and the culture. Also, there's um, Socrates and Homer, you know, the philosophers. And so the language of the poetry and the hymns. when I would go to, you know, the Greek Orthodox Christian church, and they would be speaking Mm. in a different language. So I would hear sound and vibration and be acutely aware of tonality and the way people spoke and interacted with one another, which gave me a great principle and foundation for my spirituality and connecting with other humans in the world, because I could observe um, Asian communities, right? Um, Latin communities and all sorts of communities around the world and see how they have their traditions, their roots, and also um, the vibes of like hearing, listening to someone and knowing the tone if you know someone's talking about you or if they're having a good time or if they're fighting or whatever like that. So based off of my own life experience, I was able to take that principle and apply it to life and then apply it to my love of art in my career internationally. So, um, yeah, I grew up in Michigan and I was a seeker of the world. I wanted to be like this burden occasion, just get out. And I was just like, and it wanted to explore, like, you know, Mark Twain talks about exploration, you know, mm-hmm. and creativity. And so that kind of like started my journey to, um, you know, becoming a, an artist.
0: So like, um, really curious like how did you for acting for example how did you like get into the acting business like what made you want to go into it and also how did your family like react because I come from like a conservative religious family and like oh you know go to school get a job get a career like how how did that whole dynamic work I'm sorry if I asked you like a bunch of questions at the same time but
1: oh no yeah, okay, I'll just take what comes and throw it out there and just recap on some more if you know if I missed anything but (laughs) which I probably will um so yeah I mean um my parents were um you know working I don't come from entertainment industry or any leads so it was um you know my friend Francesco Faga um, he's amazing. His mom's, uh, was a debutante, Natalie Trundy. She was in Planet of the Apes. (laughs) You know, he's always telling me like, you're self-made, you're self-made, you're a go-getter, you know? So like I had ammunition and passion and discipline and drive, um, for my visions, uh, as a human, as an artist of what I wanted to do. So, um, I started, um, with the yellow pages, there was yellow pages back then. And, um, Mm -hmm. it's not now, but all the ones that didn't call me, I knew those were the ones I had to go after. And those were the ones I wanted, which there was only like four in Michigan at the time, but the ones that did call me, they all wanted my money. It was a scam. So I'm like, those are like the ones I don't want to deal with. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, that's just kind of food for thought. Right. Like, if it's too good to be true or happens too fast, maybe it is, right? But yeah. instinctively, um, you know, that's just what happened to me. And, you know, I'm calling the agency. They're not, like, just taking my call like everyone else, right? So an agency, when you get with an agency, they'll never take money from you. They take a commission, 10%, mm-hmm. right, if you're a union, and then um, – If you're non-union, some agencies take fifteen or twenty percent. That have to be
0: with an agency. If you're an actor, is that typically how it like? It's is that the same case for like all actors?
1: Mm, Well, there's different tiers of acting. So if there's like I would say A, B, C, D, E tier, like you can for sure. For example, me, my agent gets ten percent of the work. So based on if I have a relationship Mm -hmm. with you or a, a woman or somebody, and they know someone, and they're the creators or a director or a producer of a movie or a show or a voiceover project, or a producer for a campaign, or they own a brand, they can very well hire me and hire me directly and or go through my agency and hire me. Um, mm. So that's if you have, what are the quality of your relationships? What are the, what's the quality of the projects you want to get involved in? Right? So that's one. And two, there's like, you know, let's say if you go to the a bottom feeder like Craigslist or like, you know, a model mayhem to get work and you're booking work independently, you don't have an agent vetting out a potential scam, not getting paid, taking advantage, mm. bad things happen, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, you know, your communities, your education, your ethics your values, what you stand for really come into play of who you are and what's going to be the outcome for what you want. Right. So when I, when I moved to to Hollywood, I got, I got agencies to represent me and I have like, you know, 18 people on my team. Now I'm represented in different markets, New Mexico, Atlanta, New York, and LA. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm even representing Detroit, but I'm with all the major markets, you know, Um, so they get 10% of the work. So I put myself out there and now with social media, you know, it wasn't when I was starting, but now with social media, like a lot of TikTok people and Instagram people, they can pop off and, you know, get the attention of independent companies and then them come after you and you can be anywhere in the world. And Mm -hmm. that's totally cool if that's what you want to do. And a lot of people are doing it. So, you know, that's awesome. You know? um, Yeah. So those are some things you can do, but I definitely think like for acting specifically, like I, my, who are your role models? My, I was uh, a big fan of Meryl Streep, Reese Witherspoon and Leonardo DiCaprio. That's who I attuned to. Those are the people I looked up to. So when reality shows came into play, right. Mm And I was asked to be on a reality show like I was asked to be on. Um, it was the one with the four girls, three girl, three blondes, one girl. It was MTV. It was really popular. Um, and I said, "F no, and like I because I was scared, you know seeing how you could catapult and leverage and go on to do like fashion brands and deals, Mm. like it could have been like a really smart investment for me. However, I was still living in the illusion of like a Reese Witherspoon type, Meryl Streep type. And I wasn't Mm. like really advanced with society where, where it's going now. I think like at the Emmys, there's a category for reality TV, you know, it's, it's because, sophisticated in a way so there's different tiers of reality right but I didn't know then and I wanted to be taken seriously as like a tv actor and a film star so Mm. I wouldn't get into any reality stuff right um
0: was reality show just like not as popular or was it like just were you just not something you weren't interested
1: they were really popular but it was more gossip and I didn't want to become Mm. famous for gossip and I didn't want to become famous for maybe you know, girls are vicious. So like, what if they were hating on me or what if they like weren't liking me or something like that? And like, I didn't want, I was, I guess I was very controlling in a way and protecting myself in a way because I didn't want to be exposed in a way where the world could like make fun of me when like I was still on the journey of my budding career. So I didn't, mm-hmm. I, it wasn't worth it for me to take that chance.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's really interesting. Cause um, yeah, cause I can imagine like, you know as in like an actor, you know you it's like you know how do you want to represent yourself um and yeah i've definitely seen a lot of reality shows on mtv and um not the most integrity and you know I, it's yeah would you want to be represented like that i can definitely see that like conflicting with your you know your morals your values your virtues so
1: well i know for a fact um you know <laughs> not to get too off on a re- reality tangent but i definitely know how like um uh the teams will purposefully uh get people drunk and have things happen and on you know to make mm-hmm. it more dramatic and chaotic for entertainment and that's what it is in inter- entertainment so you know
0: yeah you mentioned leonardo dicaprio is one of your like uh role models i i really like his content and it's it- yeah, he's been around for a while, but that's really cool that, you know, you look up to like Reese Witherspoon and Leonardo, they, they all seem to have a very good judge of character, their entire acting live. So I can definitely see that.
1: Speaking of two out of the three, um, I started don't look up yesterday. It's so funny. It's phenomenal. Uh, wow. What a cast it's, it's really great. And Leonardo DiCaprio and I, we have the same birthday, 11, 11.
0: That's cool. And yeah, Sorry, what, what was that last thing?
1: And Demi Moore, Demi Moore. Demi
0: Moore.
1: We all have the same birthday, eleven eleven.
0: Yeah, the really lucky. Um, yeah, just off on a tangent. That movie, don't look up. Um, me and my wife started watching that, and uh, we were just like, "Yeah, this is like really cool, but kind of really sad because it's probably how the world would definitely react." Just like, um, not really care too much until it was about to happen. <laughs>
1: well just in denial like it's so hard and i can totally attest to this it's so difficult to look at some truths of what's happening because we want the illusion of tv we want the illusion of everything's beautified on instagram and you know um by being open to other people and all their other cultures and doing self work as a human being pardon the um natural New York sounds. There's definitely an ambulance going past right now. (laughs) Uh, Many blessings. And, um, you know, it's um, I grew up in a society where, you know, my parents, like I mentioned, they, um, you know, were in Detroit during the riots and their family moved out and on the news growing up was just like, um, everyone in Detroit, it was, the, it was one of the murder number one murder capital in the world. And they were like in Detroit, like burning each other's houses down and then the riots happen now. And it's like, there's electronics and it's like, were they really burning down their own homes and properties or w- was that set up? Like, you know, those things are questionable. But when I was a child, I was tr- told, you know, to like, you know, you're, you're taught in your circumstances to kind of, they don't say turn a blind eye, but it's turning a blind eye and not paying attention. Like it has nothing to do with you. Don't get involved. You know, like it's not your business, like don't get involved. So it's like, what's that fine line when you're told when you're don't, when we're primal beings, but, and we're supposed to be about community and, holding each other's yeah. hands helping each other but we're also t- conditioned to be domestic and not say certain things so so then we're confused if we're supposed to say something or not we don't want to cross the line because someone could get triggered and they could say it's none of your business because I mean that's what they were taught and that's what I was taught so so now with podcasting and you know being who we are we can really shape shift and have communities and talk about things ethically of like you know what is what is proper to say what's not and and relearn and teach one another, you know, as we grow along together. And so that's really, um, you know, exciting for me to be uh, a part of, you know, society now and break down what I was taught. Because once you're so, once you're ingrained and you're taught something mm-hmm. you're just on automatic pilot like when you're mm-hmm. driving a car it's just like your, your systems are normal and it just seems so real so how do we break out of the illusion of this reality that's not a reality you know um and then and then actually look to what's going on like I was so fearful of death or like when someone would say someone's past or something like that I wasn't taught how to like you know, like some people who have cancer or experienced deaths at a young age, they're more compassionate, empathetic that, but uh, if you're not, you think about superstition or you think like it's going to happen to you, you know, and you make it all about you or you get scared and fear from it, like, just keep it away. So, um, you know, I, I've grown in that area and I've tried to talk to close people in my life. And I, if I say the word death, they're just like don't say that word like don't even bring it up and it's like okay but it's like it happens to all of us and it happens while we're living there's like death of the ego there's death and transformation like death is multiple things so this is a very long-winded answer, but that's why it's so for the movie. Don't look up the way society's showing the way society is because it's so true. And you know, mm-hmm. one of my uh, producing partners, Nikki Scorpio, would say like, "Their baby souls, like America's very young. You know, they're about the the shiny things, the three-dimensional things. But we're in ascension now. We've gone to the fifth dimension, right?" And I been doing this internal work you know you know since i was born my journey and it's my mission and it's my voice to come and speak up and take what i've learned uh and what not to do and um the good the bad the ugly and just transmute it into communication into my art you know with being right here right now
0: that's really amazing that's incredible um yeah. It's like, so like you're very spiritual and I can definitely feel your energy towards that. How, like, how would you say um, that like goes with like, you know, growing up, um, like you mentioned, like your, are Greek Orthodox, um, would you say those are like, you know, re- like related or like, do those interfere or do those kind of coalign?
1: They don't interfere at all. Like, Religion um, was created, and there's different religions. And so, I respect and honor that I had a rock in a religion, and I could see in communities how people need religion to something to congregate, to lean in, to come together as a pack to heal instead of being isolated and alone and walking around aimlessly. Uh, in addition, because they spoke Greek and there was hymns, you know, sing, a lot of singing and a lot of hymns and a lot of like chanting of like lighting incense i became the incense and in spirituality and the the singing and the the hymns and the mantras that went into spirituality for me in addition to the Grecian gods and goddesses and the saints, and I'm named after a saint and like the, the poets and the language of love and the soul of the spirit of Shakespeare. And like, so basically I always say, it's like, um, you know, I'm Socrates um, you know, young spiritual sister 1000%. I'm like, Ch- Socrates definitely channels me and we're definitely related. We're like BFFs.
0: That's super cool. Yeah. Um, I, t- I took, uh, I was always interested in philosophy from high school and then into college. Um, Socrates is truly amazing. Um, I mean, just from engineering, right? We use so many Greek symbols in our math. And yeah, the Greeks contributed an incredible amount to math, philosophy, science, everything you name it. Um, there's actually a funny quote. It's from, you've probably seen this movie, but my big fat Greek wedding. Um, Twice
1: yes
0: the, the the dad who doesn't like he's not in favor of the new hu- like the new husband he's like he says something in greek but he's like it was my people were writing like philosophy and math like while your people were um still swinging from trees um and i just thought that was pretty funny uh, a little bit like harsh but it it was it was kind of true <laughs> but,
1: i mean that's the best comedy though you know the the yeah. harsh like uh, some of the best some of the best uh, comedians they're able to take their pain and their muck and they're able to see the truths of the world and have the courage to put it onto a stage and like write jokes about it you know i mean that takes so much vulnerability so um it took me a long time to be able to dismantle you know my childhood stuff because i thought i was going to be like exposing my family and i was like such a people pleaser thinking about like other people instead of like and you know of like what other people would think you know because you know, we're taught that too. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Keep the family stuff private. Right. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Katie, tell us about like your podcast. She, she's all over the place. Like what, what is uh like, what's the focus of it? What, what do you talk about
1: yeah so she's all over the place um I've pivoted to an NFT podcast non-fungible token and so I'm focused on web3 and uh season 4 is women empowerment series um exploring divine femininity in all genders so it goes hand in hand with dreamland 1111 because that's the same intention for dreamland 1111 exploring divine femininity in all genders uh claiming and reclaiming one's power so um yeah it's arts and business and interne- in, in in entertainment so I have three uh season's out now. And, uh, season four is actually launching on January 11th. So on, uh, next Tuesday.
0: Okay. Nice. Nice. Um, how, how did you like get into it? What kind of inspired you to create that? And, you know, and also please tell us a little bit about your NFTs. Like, what are those exactly? Not like what are NFTs, but like, what are your NFTs? Like, what do they represent?
1: Sure. Sure. So, uh, it's really exciting. Um, I wanted to start my podcast nine years ago. I didn't know how to get on the train tracks, and an angel got me on the tracks. And basically, I wanted to provide value and information, not that what is right and wrong, just based on my own experience, right? Because people love to hear stories, and as creators, we tell stories. And so I always had ancient wisdom um, whispered in my ear as a child, and I would listen to that little voice and my instincts to lead me on my journey. And I would do that by looking, um, if I needed a sign, I would like, you know, say I need a sign and I would like look and there would be the sign. So it could be a color. It could be a symbol. Right. And that was the angels and my guides communicating with me. And so um, with with technology and how we evolved as humans, like what happened with Madonna is awesome. And I can take brushstrokes of inspiration. But like Madonna was born way before me. And what happened, whatever happened to Oprah, Mariah and Madonna wouldn't be the same technology and communications that are happening now. There would never be me taking the same steps as, as one of those people or anyone um, anyone that we look up to because in, in respect for, you know, career and success, building an empire, and um, it's already been done. But what I can do is I can take certain nuggets and, um, you know, maybe read certain books that they read and, you know, do certain things like, you know, Madonna moved to New York. So I I ended up moving to LA. And so steps like that um, are really important. And, um, you know, like what took me 10 years, if it can take the person tuning in 10 months or 10 days, awesome, I want to hold hands and I want to pave the way to get through the stuff. So then people can get to the gold faster because once you get to the gold, that's when we can really start to play. It shouldn't be an uphill battle in life to get to the gold. We should all be able to just enjoy the abundance of life and the fresh oxygen and nature. I mean, the richest thing we can have is the land, right? Maya talks about, like I asked her, like, you know, like the number one most important thing she always tells me, don't forget the halma. The Homa in Greek, that means the land. She, I went to Greece. I'm like, what can I bring you back? She just wanted dirt from the land, right? So it's that simplistic. And so that's what's really important. So I love all the people podcasting now. And that's what I want to do. Like everyone has their own journey. But whatever I've experienced traveling everywhere in the world that I've experienced and what I've done in the entertainment industry thus far, I can lead you and get you to a certain point. You need to hack, apply and do the work. And then I can lead you into someone who's more micro detailed, who's maybe doing that every day because I do things in rotation. I'm not doing something well, well the thing I'm doing every day is showing up and being a creative. Um, but I have my podcast is in season. I have voiceover auditions. I have acting auditions. I make music. I write poetry. But I I rotate it all, and I've always been like that.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. You're you're super dynamic, and I really that's really cool. Really admire that. Um, Really curious. Tell us about the like the voiceover artist. What what, like how how you got into it? Um, Also, like, what is it exactly like? Is it like for uh, like a cartoon, or is it for? Just please enlighten us.
1: Sure, sure. I I love doing voiceovers. Uh, uh. My very first voiceover job before I even knew what voiceovers was. I was in Michigan. I worked on a, a commercial and uh, I played like this fourteen year old girl. And the producers and director, the people on set, the clients, were like, oh, we love her voice. They faxed over. They had fax machines back then. They faxed over. Uh. Um, a contract and I got hired to be a voiceover actor. They put the boom mic right here at the kitchen table and I'm sitting at the kitchen table like this. And I just said the lines a couple times and that was it. And so I did my first voiceovers before I even went to Hollywood knowing like you could get a voiceover agency. But what happened is when I did go to Hollywood and I got um, a commercial agency, commercial and voiceovers are in the same department, just like for legit TV and film are in the same department. and um, and. Uh, And so when they the Abrams artists now they go by a three when they hired me, um, they brought me on as talent for commercials. They also took me as for voiceovers and I didn't have a voiceover reel. And now they're like, you know, three thousand dollars to make. I make them for my clients for a thousand dollars because I'm an artist and I know what it's like. So I produce it, engineer, coach and do all that and get artists going but not for $3,000 because, I mean, it's it's expensive, right? Um, but when you are a podcaster and you know tech stuff and then and you're in the industry, you know, you're you're kind of ahead of the game when you're a producer, right? Mm. So long story short, um, I was auditioning for voiceovers and I was going in and there would be like, you know, 15 to 30 actors like in front of me. Wow. I would get the copy, I would read the copy um, and then go in and audition and be directed and leap. That was when I first started in, in, in 2005. Now, and for the last mm, five years, um, I have a home studio. I can do my voiceovers anywhere in the world. I have a, a, a voiceover coach that I direct with, and they're on the Skype, and they direct me for each of my product projects. And um, I do commercials. So uh, right like now- what type
0: of commercials?
1: Yeah. So right now I have uh, three campaigns I'm, I'm doing with Wendy's
0: wow that's super cool
1: and then uh yeah and um a lot of ai um so that's commercials video games and um animation so um then animation is the most fun for me because you know you get to put on different voices and act wacky and it's okay to have a lot of energy and go big because the trick is in voiceovers go big right because they can always bring you down but if you if you're too small the director doesn't know if they they don't know if they could bring it out of you so you might as well just if you're gonna go for it like really go for it you know
0: yeah that's so that's so uh wild you mentioned video games because I have noticed like some actors like I've, I've played video games growing up like not anymore but I have noticed like hey like I, I know this person's voice like it's very distinct and it's like yeah it's like the video game industry um uh, massive uh so definitely can see that um Mass-
1: re-
0: yeah off topic but yeah definitely like it even my generations I, i'm i'm not that old i'm 28 but like uh a lot of my friends still play video games and they're like in their 30s and even like got people in their 40s and it's just massive um so definitely yeah. can see a lot of voice voice actor um opportunities and that's really cool that you, you did it for Wendy's um, that like, I I just don't even like think about that. Every commercial you see, like there's someone's voice. Um, that's really cool. I'm really curious, like the actors in Hollywood, what are like some of the, like, what are, what's the culture there? Is it like, com- like what's the camaraderie like, or is it like, you know, every person for himself or is it like, you know, community or like, like, what is it like the competition, that sort of thing?
1: Uh, it's, it's up and down and on and off. I mean, it depends. Like I said, like earlier, it's like the quality of choices. So the quality of people that you befriend, right? So mm-hmm. there are knit tight communities, but there's also like um, it's very isolating in ways too, and it's very cutthroat in ways as well. And um, there's also a lot of fluff and buff and the illusion of the TV and the illusion of the illusion. So then people aren't even being real with themselves because. You know, like, how can you be real with someone else if you're not even real with yourself? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, it's important to know and discover who we are, what we want. And we may not know everything. We don't have to. We're learning while we're here. And that's the part of the unfolding and the journey. But you can apply that to the craft. But I think if you're in classes, and I think it's really important, and um, I have people I associate with on um, brushstrokes and levels of respect as independent artists, but I really wish, and I could do it now. It's not too late, but I've always wished I would have like be befri- befriended more actors. And it's really important to befriend actors and people in your community, like directors and writers. Um, it's all been, not all, but a lot of it's just been very professional for me and it can get very lonely. So it's important to make sure like, you know, these people can be your friend too, right? Find common interests with people who you can actually be friends with because then you can actually call them when, you know, you need a referral and everything because I'm telling you right now, everything in the industry is a referral. It doesn't matter who you are and what you've done. If you reach out to someone cold and they're, you don't have a referral or they don't respond on your behalf, reach out on your behalf, you're not getting an answer. They're they're swarmed and they're so busy. In the age of technology, people are getting so many emails and so many desperations. So it's really about the approach, right? Presentation, right? The approach, the intention, right? And, and you're not going to get all of them. And that's okay. You don't need to, it just, it takes one. It's just, you don't need a thousand, you don't need a hundred. It just takes one. So if you're, if we are more intentional about who we are and what we're doing, which is I'm saying this now to you and to the person viewing and listening and tuning in, but I'm saying it to myself too, because a lot of times I'm like, blah, blah. And I just want to put it all out there, but I need to really, really slow down my compuls- my um, compulsive behavior and act from intention or else I'm wasting my time and energy. It doesn't matter how much energy you have. You're just putting it out, but it's not reciprocal. It's not coming back in. And the point is to have it be reciprocal. Right. And I'm saying this because I've done it so many times and it doesn't work for me and i'm exhausted and, and and i've done it and that's how i keep showing up and i have these failures but even failures are successes because i had to do it so many times to like quote unquote learn the lesson and my mom never understood that she's like when's the light bulb going to come on I'm like why do you have to keep doing it to learn the lesson but i don't know it's like a part of it you just grow through it. Why? Because I can take it and share that with other people. You know, I can take it and really understand the red flag when it comes up, if there's a certain kind of person and they say something, it's like, oh, okay, well, I know the meaning behind that. Whereas before, maybe I was naive because I'm looking at everyone with good intentions, or I was trained to like, not see those things, you know? So... Now I've trained myself to be, you know, attention to detail in ways that I wasn't before. And so I'm proud of myself. And then I can take that and put it in my poetry and I can take that and I can apply it to my work, into the craft of acting when I'm making thoughtful choices.
0: Wow. Yeah, I I feel, I feel your energy, Katie. It's it's true. It's amazing. I I really admire it. Um, I can feel it. Your, your poetry, um like, please, like, tell us about that. Like, you know, h- how did you get into it? Um, have you always been into it? Like, um, and, and tell us like, what what's like, what is your poetry about? I've, I've read through the, the PDF that you sent over. Um, but like, I want to hear it from, from you.
1: Sure, sure. Um, Yeah, I've, uh, thousands of pieces. Um, I started writing when I was 12. My first piece was called The Oddball. I'm like, you know, these are just going to go in the diary. And I'm like, yeah, these are going to be like, Grammy award-winning songs one day, you know, and I'm like, and I'm like, and then I'm like, Hey, well, if not, then, you know, then they'll go in my diary or maybe my grandkids will appreciate them one day. Um, and so I started just writing poetry, knowing I could take it and block it off to put it into songs. And then, um, I, you know, traveled the world. And so I, I would be, um, in a space of ecstasy and nirvana and, um, you know, I'd be in spaces of, um, you know, on the, in the Dominican Republic, like um, on, on a balcony or on a yacht, like sailing like Corsica in the South of France. And I would be going to these tremendous places and I would always find moments of uh, solitude to just enjoy the infinite intelligence um, in the air, the energy of you know, the sun and just the smell and just the quiet silence and, and just channel and write. And I would just write these pieces. And so I have thousands of pieces. And then what happened was um, I always wanted to be a published poet. And during the pandemic, I'm like, you know, I'm always like, where's one place in the world I want to go that I haven't been to yet. Right. Like a kid in a candy store, but I wasn't traveling because of what was going on. So I, I just pivoted the quality of the question. And I said, what's one thing that I've always wanted to do that I haven't done yet? And I thought, oh, to become a published poet, I am going to release my first poetry book um, for my birthday as a gift. And then I'm like, okay, so now that I made a hard stop a target now, or now that I made a commitment to do something, now I needed a hard stop, like a target. And I'm like, hmm, let me give myself three months. So I'm like, okay. So then I started doing the research, book formatting, then selecting the pieces I wanted, 11 pieces out of all the ones that I did. And then um, I saw it was going to be World Poetry Day. So I thought, oh, I'll release it on March 21st, which is my parents' anniversary. What a great day to have an anniversary, right? Mm-hmm. And on um, World Poetry Day, and then release the book on World Poetry Day, and everything else would fall into play. So my friend, international um amazing artist Robert Sturman he and I did a series of Polaroids by the original Polaroid that was discontinued in 2001 mm-hmm. and uh, I asked his permission if it's okay to put them with the pieces because I felt like I was do- using different images but when I was going through the pieces, it was all during the time when I was doing that series with him. I thought, hey, so people could visually see my essence, my soul, my vibe, my colors of what was happening through that journey, right? I thought, let me use these specific images to go with the poetry because then when they're reading it, they have a visual with what they're, with their soul speaking and shape-shifting their own inspiration. But then also through a decade, I did the, I took the poetry pieces and I went into the studio and I did spoken word music videos. So mm. this was before funneling YouTube, Google, right? Marketing, all that stuff, email lists, like before I knew any of that stuff. So now we're in um, 2020 here. And um, I, I was taught about funneling and, mm. you know, there wasn't an Amazon and self-publishing right? It was like jumping hoops to do all that. And now like being empowered to self-produce. And so I, I released it. And, um, and then what a man taught me was about, uh, funneling where I, I bought a lovers And so when they get to the end of the book, like, let's say 70,000 people buy it on Amazon and mm-hmm. they get to the bottom, a lovers fairytale.com. If that wasn't there, I would never move them over from Amazon to become fans to see my next book, to follow me as an author, to know more about who I am, to funnel them into like me as a creative so they could see all their things I'm a part of, right? And so you can literally go to a loversfairytale.com or chanakas.com, put in your email, and I have an automation set up where it gives you a playlist of the spoken word music videos to the poetry pieces that you'll read. So then also you'll hear my voice of what I'm saying and what I was growing through at the time. So it's like a multi-dimensional book where it's, you know, uh, the videos, the audio, the, the intellect where you can read, um, and then visually see photos. So that's kind of the vibe for a lover's fairy tale. and um, specifically wow. my very first book I did, um, I made it very like friendly. So like an eight-year-old girl or an eight-year-old boy could read it. And it, it gave you a whimsical exploration of like what it's like to have, a, be in love with God's land and the the earth of the universe and to like go to places with giraffes and elephants and dolphins that maybe you've never gone to, but you could like read it as a story time book to your child or as a young adult or, you know, an elderly person any, it's good for all ages. And so that was, my intention for the good one, like one thousand percent positivity, unconditional love, the abundance of mother earth, mother nature, right? And so, my second book, it's going to be called "The Naked Truth." Will be completely opposite.
0: Can't wait to hear about it! Um, wow, that's that's incredible, Katie. That that was just like wow. That was a lot, lot of energy, just so much to absorb. Um, I I really like um, like you. May, you mentioned the word abundance uh, quite a bit, and. Um, people, like, I always kind of say that to like my friends and my family, like, um, it's kind of like, I, f- like, I feel like kind of like the culture, the stereotype is like, you know, everything is scarce, but it's like, you know, how you look at it. Um, and for me, like, I feel like I share with you is like, I just look at the earth and it's just like, wow, this universe, everything is just infinitely abundance. There's so much of everything. And, um, I, I really vibe, I really vibe with everything you just said. Like, that's really yeah.
1: Yeah. A couple things. Like if you really think about it, um, like the wealthiest people in the world, they're, you know, on a farm somewhere with land. They have a piece of property, but they're surrounded by water and nature. Right. It's like you people think, oh, the illusion, make all this money and I'll then I'll do something. But you can literally like like the, the richest land you'll ever have is literally the land of the earth that's untainted. It's funny the paradox that humans are in right now but the other thing I want to mention is um so I was the very first artist to release a love po- um I was the very first artist to release a love poem on the blockchain and I released it um you know uh in March 2021 and it so it's the first poem of the of the book coupled with the polaroid yeah and so I wow. put that on the blockchain
0: I really- did Oh, sorry. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: Oh, no, that was it. That was it.
0: I, I, I saw your account on OpenSea. I didn't notice you had like um, I, I, I saw some poetry like NFTs. There were also some like portraits of like you as well. Um, I saw and then like I think you can was it you could buy the album on OpenSea as well.
1: So uh, the album streaming everywhere, Dreamland 1111, under my um, baptismal name, St. Kiriaki, K-Y-R-I-A-K-I. You can put it in the show notes if you want. That'd be awesome. Um, but I put uh, 11 songs from the album um, as singles on the blockchain, and I went to Art Basel in December, and uh, an NFT artist and collector, Blake Jameson, he's amazing in the space. He purchased two of my NFTs, which was wow. so dope. Like, so it was really cool. And, um, I was told the other day, um, in the NFT space for musicians, there's, there's only 500 wallets. Like, like, I'm like, Oh wow. Like there's only 500 wallets and, and people have already bought my music NFTs. So I'm really excited about that. Like it's, it's a super honor to be a part of the revolution.
0: That's awesome. You really, congratulations on, um, on like the successful NFT sales and like yeah, just definitely, you know, you're you're killing the game. So da- I really admire that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I, I feel like, um, yeah, because like, I feel like back in the day, like people would look at artists, like you probably have you probably heard the term the starving artists. Um, I really think with the whole NFT thing, I know we're going off on a tangent that like artists are going to be the people that are like going to be super sought after, especially with the whole um, metaverse and the blockchain thing like we we need more art we need more content we need we need creative artists um, yeah maybe not as many engineers as we thought we needed but
1: yeah I, I I plan to um have my own land in the metaverse um I'm already invited into the metaverse um I bought um I I was a part of um you know, earlier on before it went to the public of NFT gurus. And so the trillionaire life, he's the number one luxury brand on Instagram. And um, I I got whitelisted and, um, you know, got got a couple of NFT guru, uh, uh, gurus um, NFT. So that was, that, uh, that. I'm really proud and excited for that. Um, I'm about to pick up um, my friend, Gabe Weiss, has some dope pieces. So they just announced, I was in our Basel, they announced uh, Coinbase was going to, um, do a collaboration with like an, a hundred artists, and I'm I'm friends with three of the artists that they selected: uh, Sabette, uh Gabe Weiss, and um, Eddie Gangland. So it's really cool to be a part of their community. You know, for over a year now. You know, we all met on Clubhouse. We were just like chilling in Clubhouse. Um, you know, on panels, talking, sharing, pouring our heart out as artists and stuff, and just like building as a community. And that really means a lot to me. You know, being a cross country runner. And, um, you know, about like short term, medium term, long term goals, and then, you know, collaborating with other like minded people and then onboarding people in an ethical way into the space. You know, Um, I'm actually doing a drop this month. uh, So everyone definitely follow me on my socials and tune into my Instagram and everything like that. I'm going to be doing a a drop with uh, a women empowerment platform. And we have some really cool things coming up and I'm supporting women and onboarding them in the space as well.
0: That'll be really cool. I'll definitely put links to everything, um, in the description for sure. And, and check that out. Um, Katie, so like another question, like I, I I'm very curious, like about your acting career. Um, like how, how was it like getting into like playing, you know, parts in movies with like big shot actors, like Pacino and, and De Niro, like, what was it like to work with some of like, you know, like people like that also like morgan freeman huge fan of him and i love antonio banderas my mom has a huge like lifelong um obsession with him um and and i (laughs) like Nicolas cage too
1: (gasps) whose mom doesn't and dylan i mean when i met and hung out with dylan mcdermott like that's how i got my union card because of dylan he was on the practice and because of uh Gordon Michaels, his best friend, who's his acting coach too, uh, they were just floored. They're like, "Oh my god," you know, because like they're like, "Oh, Dylan McDermott," and like every same thing with Antonio Banderas. But um, it uh, just a deep, deep, complete honor, like one thousand percent, such an honor. Um, I feel so blessed, and I'm I'm not surprised because it was just always meant to be. Like whatever's meant to be for you will be. No one can take that away from me. That's the abundance thing we're talking about. Um, but yeah, I had I had some pretty prolific moments with uh you know Pacino and with um with Nicolas Cage. So that was that was really cool. Um, you know, Charlie Day, he was amazing working with him and just the intimate moments of like the energy, right? In the exchange of how things happen. And once you're like energetically connected, there's like codes where they're activated and you're just like, you know, in this um you know on this like lineage like path and so it's like the choices we make i think affects the whole of one another whether we're in the physical presence of each other or not you know so it's like what they did up until that point and what i've done up to that point to like cross with mila jovovich and and be able to observe her like talking to um steve uh steve zahn the actor amazing um in white lotus wow uh it's so funny on hbl and then and talking to the director david tui who did gi jane and the fugitive it, wow. it just be in the presence of them and just like witnessing and listening it just it taught me to be a better like because i love observing but it taught me to be a better observer uh, a better listener and to like keep going thirsting for education and knowledge you know hoping to aspire to be like A mother one day or like you know uh, as sophisticated as mila jovovich you know um so yeah it's pretty pretty
0: i can imagine
1: they were sorry like who can say that in the jungle in puerto rico like like usually when you're in a van for a, a ride you get dropped off at set yo like we got dropped off we had to walk about three miles right and then um, that uh, um, the village is set up, then the the director's chairs and the chairs are set up, and you know, like we were deep in the jungle, so it's like it was. It, it's a moment. It was a moment, and it just those moments are really magnetic.
0: Wow, that's that's incredible. Where in the jungle? Uh, like what?
1: We like, were oh, because um, the movie took place in Hawaii, but because mm-hmm. of tax incentives, we shot it in Puerto Rico.
0: Ah, uh, okay. That's that's really interesting. That's super cool. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know you could actually do that. Or I mean, it's an island, I guess. So that's really cool that they did that. Um, I can imagine, like you know, when he's like just being in the presence of like you know a lot of these big shot actors, um, you know, Banderas, C- Nicolas Cage. I can imagine like just the knowledge and what like whatever like you know secret sauce they have is probably just unlike anything hearing from like anyone ordinary. So really cool that you had experiences like that.
1: Yeah. um, Gary Sinise, when I was on uh, CSI New York in, in 2005, and, you know, we spent a lot of time working together and, you know, like long days, long nights. And there's like the wide shot, the medium, the close up, and then the reverse. And there was this moment where it was just he and I, you know, because Molina was in some other scenes with us and other people, but in there was these, you know, one, some moments, but it was just he and I going back and forth. And in between a take, he just looked at me and he said, um, you're a very soulful actor. And so hearing that from him was a beautiful golden nugget and gift for me to take with me. And I just recently in the last six months started sharing that, like I haven't told wow. any. I just kept it for myself. And now I share it and maybe this is like maybe the third time I've ever shared it, but it's like, wow, like you know, because I you're reflecting back on like the journey, right? Um, it's important to stop and enjoy the fruits of the labor and to receive because I'm, I'm always like yang, 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 go, go, go. But now I'm trying more than ever to, BBB B we're human beings not human do- doers and just to let it unfold and slow down a bit <laughs> and um but to receive the gift of like you're a soulful actor like it means so much more to me now when I take that in and what he saw that like I knew but I didn't know you know what I mean because it was like my first major role on tv
0: that's amazing. Thanks for sharing that with us, Katie. That's real. Yeah, um, Like really curious CSI in New York and like always sunny in Philadelphia and law and order. Like how did you get on those shows? What was it like to act on those shows? Like what, um, like what's like a typical like day in the life, like start to finish.
1: Oh, I mean, there—it's all different. But in a nutshell, I have representation. They send me out for a project. I would go in, audition. Um, then I would have a, a callback, unless I was taken straight to producers. If the casting director was a fan of mine, knew my work, they'll bring you straight to producers. And then, um, you know, when I did Law and Order or SVU, I was so nervous. I don't even know how they selected me because. Um, I don't know how many people were in the callback, but they just know it's like an essence and a vibe when, and, you know, and this one casting director like broke down, I'll fragment it right now, but he broke down and he said 30% in his analogy and his take is like 30% of it's the acting and it's like, you know, how you made someone feel. Right. Um, and then if you're just good for the character, if you match up with like, the, the scene, like, or the mom or the dad, you know, like, you, you know, there's all these different elements in your professionalism and your reputation and, you know, your resume, what you've done in the past too. And are you difficult to work on set? Like, you know, things like that. But I remember because like, I was smoking a cigarette in, in the beginning of the scene and like, you don't mm-hmm. really smoke a cigarette and smoke, but I just remember going into like my, my satchel and I was just shaking like I, I couldn't stop shaking before I started. And and I was just shaking so much that in the audition and there's like a panel of nine people watching me and I'm I'm just like shaking and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to book this. And I got the call from my manager and literally I was on the phone with a music friend crying and crying and crying. And I was like crying my heart out. And I just got done reading this Paul Selleck book called um I am the word and he was telling me about cutting cords and with um with um with like um with like a sword and it's like like these these cords from a vine like these huge cords and these little cords I was going like this with the sword with um Saint uh Michael and Mm -hmm. um and he had like a blue sword and I was just like cutting these swords because of all these like, uh, energies around us. Right. And that we don't see that we don't know, but like, it's like psyche, right. To get past this psychic stuff that's happening out of our psyche (sighs) and letting it go. I was taking these cords and I was cutting them and I was, and I was, I was reading that book. And, um, and then I was on the phone with a friend crying my heart, my heart out, my eyes out sitting on the bed and a call came out and it was my manager. And I'm like, hold on. And I'm like, oh And I like, of Course that crying like then I put the public persona on. Hi, how you doing? Da, da, da. Like you know what you I mean? And he told me I booked the role, and I was just like, ah, it was like so amazing, it was so good, and it's such an honor because it's the longest running TV show in New York City. And I was told like that, and I was told that it was such an honor because of that reason. So to be a part of that history now is like it really says it really gives me that reiteration and boost of confidence for my career, my jo- journey, like, you know, for the near future and going into, you know, well, into, yeah.
0: That's really cool. Well, I, it's a little late, but like congrats on getting the role, but that that's really cool. Um,
1: it's 1000%. People call me during the holidays. So like five people, they're like, they wrote it on my Instagram. They're like, Oh, I'm marathoning blah, blah, blah with my husband. And you just popped up or like, Oh my gosh, like um I'm I'm watching it right now. And so my, my my mom will send me like videos, like, look what's on. So it's cool because it comes on, you know.
0: Katie, really curious. What are like some of the biggest challenges, would you say, being an actress? And like uh also, do you have do you update your resume as you go? Like, do you actually have like a like an actual like paper resume, like, cause I'm thinking of just like, okay, like I'm an engineer. I have an actual, you know, resume, um, just challenges. And then, you know, what the resume is like.
1: Yeah. I have a resume. I have a paper resume, a digital resume. Everything's digital right now. So, um, everything self tape when you're going out for projects. So there's no taking headshot or resume, but they have it. Um, otherwise when you go into a room, always take a headshot and resume unless they note otherwise and a lot of people are noting otherwise like not to bring headshot resumes being more uh friendly with the um environment and just upgrading you know the systems you know to be smarter and do everything digital instead of throwing everything away so that's that's great to hear and see and be a part of that evolution um but the most chal- one of the most challenging things is like when i read a script or a part Sometimes it's just automatic and I just, I'm a visual person. and I like pick it up and it's like, oh, this is how I would speak. And I make it my own. Then sometimes I read things and it's like, if it's bad writing for one,
0: mm.
1: or I don't connect with it in a way, then it's difficult for me to um, retain the information. So um, for me personally, I'll have to write when I get the materials. Well, first I do the researching of the, the producer, the director, the the tone of the show the vibe comedy drama like find out that information but then what i'll do is i'll get someone to read it with me immediately because for me everyone's different but for me i need to i need because our tongue the the language that we're always using and all of our uh, nerve endings in our tongue we're programmed to speak and say things in a different way so if you're saying new words that aren't normal for you Mm -hmm. we need to shape shift our muscles and our tongue so and get the energy out to get past the fear and it being in the head so I need to like read it with someone immediately back and forth see the energy to see if like when I'm listening or if I have to pick up on cues and then I'll go and I'll do Meisner technique and I'll just write it in a block formation with no punctuations or anything and I'll just write it to make it monotone and and remember it um and so that's that's a that's a um, interesting process because you know it's we're human beings and it's like you're memorizing twelve pages or six pages or twenty four pages right or are you like oh wow. the old I'm saying the old days um, you know we I'd go to Fox and Warner Brothers and you have to have all the scenes prepared five different scenes but like you don't know what scene you're reading maybe you only read one scene you go there and you're like they only have you read one scene right and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter like you or not they're just they want you to be prepared they want you to be prepared for any scene that you may do sometimes they'll say okay no all five scenes but for the pre-read we're only going to read scene two and three for the callback we'll read all so then sometimes you like have it all prepared and but you're only doing two and three however they could say hey would you would you do this scene this they could they could say one second they could say hey Mm -hmm. could you do this as well and you want to be prepared. Right. However, since they did say maybe you're only doing two and three, if you have to like maybe, you know, the paper your friend when you go in. It's the only thing we have. Normally, there's like a disconnect. You don't want to look at the paper, but it's our best friend and they know it's a pre-read. However, you know, there's a fine line of off, of being off book too. But it is, like I said, one more time, it is a pre-read. But, um, you know, there's debate about it back and forth based on like who the casting director is, you know?
0: Wow. So as an act, as an actress, like you, you have to memorize the script, like word for word and just kind of have it all here. And then just when you're ready, you have to just kind of like, just say it out loud or, or act it, portray it.
1: Well, the sides, the sides. Yes. Because the script is like maybe 30 pages or a hundred pages, depending if it's a feature film or a comedy or drama. So you read the script if they give you the script right in advance, um, if you do your research, but. Uh, the sides are the, the, the scenes that they want you to do for the audition. But yeah, you memorize those and not only memorize those, um, you know, you make the character choices for those, which, you know, is really important. So you do as much preparation as possible. And then you have to literally dismantle it all and throw it all away and just be in the moment because like there's that famous scene from American, um, is it not American Pie, um, American Beauty. I think it's American beauty where there's that butterfly that flies and it's just, and they kept, they kept it in the shot and it's like in kill bill, that scene that just keeps going and going. So it's like you, it's the fun part of being a producer and director of the movie magic and the energies and things that could happen on TV. Right. It's about playing curiosity. So play and do as much research impossible that you can, but when you show up, throw it all away, but comedy writers and um are in TV's very specific because they write it for it to land on a certain way so you want to hit your marks you want to hit the punctuations you want to hit that in film and indie they're more lenient if you're changing some of the words you mm. know to get your own they encourage it but um you with tv you definitely want s- to s- stick to what's written you know it, uh, people don't like that
0: didn't know that okay Re- really cool um, just a couple more questions for you, Katie. Um, and I know you have to go soon, but um for any like young and upcoming actor, um, actress, um, voiceover artist, um, like, you know, the things that you've done, music, poetry, um, like what would you tell them if you could talk to your younger self? Like what would be the best, you know, nuggets of knowledge, wisdom? Just insight, like value. What would you tell essentially, like your younger self?
1: One thousand percent. I would say, listen to "She's All Over the Place" podcast. Listen to sixty-eight episodes. Uh, it's it's uh, mind, body, spirit of everything arts and in- entertainment. So I gift the information of what I've learned. So also now in the generation, listen to other podcasts. Look at their reputation. So don't believe everything you hear. Like listen, like like know who you're actually like know which Kool-Aid you're drinking, right? Know what kind of water you're drinking, right? And um, so it's not contaminated. Um, And be coachable. Um, Get coaches. The greats have coaches. So um, on Chinakas.com, you can uh, sign up to coach with me. Um, You know, I do like a one-month plan, a three-, six-month plan, a year plan for people to give them like a vision and steps to take. Uh, Read um, um, Susan Batson's book, B-A-T-S-O-N. It's called Truth. Uh, Uta Hagen has an amazing book, uh, respect for acting. I loved it on audio. I would just like lie there listening to it. It's amazing. Um, be in spirit, be inspired and just create, um, with social media now, like, and with, uh, technology, uh, create your own content, um, put it into web series. There's an amazing podcast, um, the uh, season finale on, she's all over the place of the film festival circuit. So get, I give, golden nuggets on how to do that um, for music videos, for web series, for short films. So I think that would be like really smart. I would advise those things um, and save your money and invest in yourself, you know, yeah. like you can spend money on every, everyone else. And then like for, and then have no money left over for ourselves. So, um, you know, I would say invest in yourself and it doesn't always have to be money. It can be in the quality of food that you're eating, you know, cause we are what we eat. And if everyone's just eating garbage all the time, it's going to weigh you down. It's going to weigh your body down. It's going to weigh your emotions down. It's going to, weigh your, your energetic thoughts down. So then you're not light and clear to collaborate with like, um, more evolved beings who you really want to connect to, because you're just stuck in this rut. So get over yourself, get more responsible and just forget everything you've done, approve and be kind to self and just say, that was okay. That was five minutes ago, 10 minutes ago yesterday. And just always, we have the opportunity to make a new choice. And lastly, Caroline Mice. She's a mystic intuitive, M-Y-S-S, the power of choice. People think getting married, making the move are the big choices, breaking up with someone. But it's actually the micro choices that we make in the next five minutes that will make up the multitude of our lives. So she has a TED talk on choices. I highly recommend tuning into her.
0: Wow. Yeah, I'll definitely... um leave a, description, uh, a link in the description. That, that's really cool. That was really real, Katie. Thanks for I, sharing that.
1: Oh yeah, of course. I did an article on Thrive Global. We can send you the link so you can put that in the show notes um, on Ariana Huffington's platform on um, Thrive Global. If you type in Chinakis, the very first article I did was on Caroline Mice because I was so inspired by her with the power of choice.
0: Yeah. Uh, all the links, all the information, all the really good like knowledge, wisdom like we'll definitely um, put that in, in the description for the listeners, but that was really insightful, Katie. Like, thank you. Um, I really vibe with everything you said. Um, like you're super successful and I can tell, like, just like I, your mindset is just absolutely amazing. It's unlike anything I've ever heard from anyone. Your energy is just like, wow. It's just, it's just like, I can feel it. You know, you have high energy and like, I just really admire that. It's really cool to talk to people like you. Cause I can honestly say you're the first person I've met with like this much fire, this much energy, um, like, you know, you from your vision to your mindset, to your hustle. It's just like, um, it's, it's truly like it, really admirable. So th- Tony, thanks for everything.
1: Thank you. I just want to say, I, I receive what you're saying. I acknowledge and I receive it. I'm so grateful. And I also want to let you know, I'm just getting started.
0: That's, that's amazing.
1: I'm just getting started. And when I'm in Michigan, you're going to know and we're going to meet up. That would be awesome. Like how about in the spring or something?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Katie, do you have any like last remarks or anything you want to get out there, get off your chest to any of the younger viewers? Um, Just anything at all.
1: (sighs) Yes. um, You know, I have a friend who is a shaman, shaman, Harry Paul. You can Google shaman, Harry Paul. And he taught me years ago, take the deepest breath you've taken all day. So let's all together, let's just take the deepest breath we've taken all day in the nose and then exhale it. (sighs) Exhale. And then again, take the deepest, deepest breath you've taken all day and hold it for a bit. And then we're going to let it out and you're going to feel some tingly. You're going to feel that shift in energy. And, and sit in that moment and see what comes up for us. Do you feel it? There's some tingly going on? Yeah. So if we can remember to remember, and this can be happen a couple times a day when we're having a good day or we're stressed out or we're going too fast, how about we just take a beat and just take the deepest breath we've taken all day and just reset the neurotransmitters, reset our nervous system, just reset to unwind the mind that's gets so tight so we can get more into our body, dance, be in spirit inspired, dance, listen to music, get out of the head. Really deep breathing is amazing.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, I, so one thing that me and my wife always practices, we always like, we meditate, um, like very short durations throughout the day. Um, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but I've shared this with like listeners in past episodes, but I don't know if you've ever heard of like, uh, healing and cleansing frequencies, um, like binaural beats, um, if you, you have Spotify or Apple music or, or it's on YouTube as well, but, um, they're just like a, a range of, of Hertz frequencies, I think like 200 to like 500 or something. Um, and like each different frequency, like activates different, like healing properties. There's like, um, this might sound crazy. I know I'm an engineer, I'm a scientist. Um, but like, like the chakras, you know, like the different energy centers throughout the body, like, um,
1: the meridian. Like- yeah so um I listen to binarial beats and also we put healing frequencies in our music we put sophagio healing frequencies in our music so F- yeah uh so under the sophisticated psychos um uh October 20, 2020 I released my first EP solo under the sophisticated psychos um hypnotic energy and uh subtle energy sciences eric thompson the scientist keep um, attuned. I chose, he, it was like a kid in a candy store. He sent me all these sophagio healing frequencies. And I chose 639 healing frequencies be- for forgiveness, forgiveness of self, forgiveness of others, forgiveness of my partners, my family, my career. I just felt like on a planetary level, we all needed to do a lot more forgiving of one another. So I released um, 639 healing frequencies, um, sophagio healing frequencies. And then my next wow. EP was called full house. And I released my vessel, then transfer to 396 Hertz healing frequencies, which removes guilt and fear. And I needed to remove a lot of guilt and fear in my life.
0: Wow. That, that's amazing. I did check out um, your, your Spotify, um, your, the music you have. And I, and I, like, I kind of, I did that. that that's so um, yeah. I didn't even connect the dots, but I did feel like it was um, like s- similar to that, but that's really cool how you incorporated that. the the, the frequencies.
1: Well, I really like that you're into it and um there's this artist Sabat, he did an activation and he's doing a, a healing code series on the blockchain. But I love um what you're the science and what you're into in this realm because maybe we could do a collaboration and le- le- uh release it on the blockchain together in 2022.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I want to release something on 222.
0: 222, yeah. Numerology for a lot of good things, but Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Katie. Um, You know, thanks for being on the show. Thank you for like your, your priceless insight, your wisdom, all the nuggets that you had, like just truly incredible, lots of value for uh, our listeners. Um, Thank you so much, Katie. It's been a pleasure.
1: It's why we're here. My pleasure, Tony. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. And for everyone tuning in to the person tuning in and watching, I love you. Reach out, connect.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Katie. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the Iron Skies community. Stay tuned for more episodes to come every week. Please share this podcast with anyone you think that may enjoy and benefit from. If you'd like to support the show, there is a link tree down in the description. Keep hustling. Never stop believing in your dreams. Keep up the positive thought and momentum. You got this and we'll see you
1: next time.